Hey, it's friends from work with guest Zachy Hassan. We'll do proper introductions. We're going to honor Carl Weathers. Let's chat. Everybody, come on, let's get down. Get down. I'm so bummed by his death. I almost didn't play the intros. It's kind of a somber thing for me, but I'm glad I did. Got me a little juiced. Freak bass. Thanks for the music, buddy. Yeah. How are we? Courtney and Brian. It's been my, a minute, man. My co-host. It's been a long time. <laughs> you say the co-host. We haven't been here for a minute. The friends from work have reunited. Yeah. And yep. And then one of our original guests and longtime podcast buddy of all of us, uh, Zachy and I have done, golly, 5,000 shows together. Zachy Hassan, Professor Zachy Hassan. Zachy, I, I used to know how to introduce you. You were HuffPost, Rotten Tomatoes crit critic. You were professor. Now you're sitting there, and I don't know what you don't do. <laughs> <laughs> how do I introduce Zachy Hassan these days? Well, as I said when we, when I first got on, uh, the one thing I don't do lately is sleep. So, oh, um, oh, okay, can, that's can, a choice. Can, man without sleep, uh, uh, not it's not my choice, unfortunately. I wish it was. <laughs> and, 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 and like I said, uh, you're also you're looking very professorial, but you were saying those are all comic books, but that's okay. That's what you comic do. books and toys, but don't don't look too deeply past the or or do look deeply. I don't know for this show. Yeah, you should look deeply. And what and what is in the background there? I mean, you said comics, but anything? Just I can't see what's I can't read. Um. It. Well, this here, this is uh, looks like uh, yeah, this is like Spider Man and Thor, and uh, behind me I have my Rocky and Apollo Creed figures that seem to <sighs> suit the uh, the the circumstances of our conversation. There you go. All right, and the Courtney, we were talking off mic. You are Mrs. Courtney for the first I time. I am. I'm married now for the, on the show. I know it's wild. Thank you. Thank you. It was a lot of fun. Um, we we're very sad it's over. I'm not upset that the planning is done. Like very happy to leave that in the past. Um, it was a lot of work. It's a lot of things to get, you know, people in another country to do a wedding, but it was a lot of fun and we had a great time and um, we had just felt so loved and celebrated so it was it was great we had we actually got married in italy over in tuscany wow. and so we had 65 uh people that came for mostly just like close friends and family and um it was awesome we had everybody in a villa in the tuscan hills for four days and it was fabulous and it, do an episode from there yeah, we did not do an episode. We were a little busy, so we didn't get to do that. But yeah, sure. it was it was so fun, and we had a great time. And our wedding planner and our lawyer vendor, vendors were just fabulous, and they made it so easy. And hot tip, it is so much cheaper to get married in Italy than it is in the United States. Hmm, so good to know. Highly good. recommend. Yeah. So, anyways, it was it was a lot of fun. So we had a great time, and trying to get back into like the routine of not having a wedding to plan is really nice. Um, Cause you don't get done with like your day job and then have to be like, I have to do my full-time wedding planning job now. Like that's gone. Um, but yeah, so it's a whole, whole new world. Nice. Yeah. I love it. Well, congratulations. Thank you. And there's a uh, Mr. Chatlin sitting in his brand new studio. I know. I want to come see the new studio, Brian. The new studio is legit. I like it. Uh, yeah. I relocated here a few months back and it's delightful. Uh, downtown Plano area, cute little small town kind of set up. 
Uh, got all the cute shops and, and coffee shops and everything else, just like a, literally a block away. You're in the burbs. I never thought I'd see you in the burbs. I don't know. because Yeah, because I kept leapfrogging closer and closer into downtown for years. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, as, we looked as, all over Dallas for a good spot. And as, the best spot I found was right here. And it is. A little, a little Dallas, Texas humor for the five that'll get it. Brian actually went north of <laughs> Brian actually went north of six thirty-five. That's a big deal for him. Out of the bubble, and, and out of the bubble. Anyway, mm-hmm. all right, moving on. So, what brings us here today? So, I sent out a note. We hadn't uh, the three of us hadn't done a show in a while. I haven't put up one in, in, in a good while either. And um, when I got the news of Carl Weathers passing, for me. Yeah. Um, you know, like, you know, celebrities are just people and, you know, I've never really wanted to have been starstruck or anything like that. Uh, although a couple of times I have, but for the most part, you know, I just, they're just people and I just admire people's work, but this one really hurt. Uh, this is up there with like Eddie Van Halen for me. It's a hard one. And I think part of it for me and, and uh, Zach, I'm going to have you jump in here because, because you and I have done separate podcasts over the years about the Rocky franchise and what it means to us. And, and as, as Sylvester Stallone himself said so beautifully in his Instagram tribute, did you guys see that? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah. That he was, he was saying that there's no way that Rocky could have worked without Carl Weathers specifically bringing Apollo Creed to life. And he's yeah. right. And it's just such a part. He's such a part of my childhood. I think that's one of the reasons this hits so hard is because it's like part of my childhood is gone. And, and the fact that he also has now been part of the Star Wars world, we'll get into that later as well. Like, okay, now he's part of the, my two favorite franchises. Of yeah. all, right? I mean, just incredible. So, Zachy, just what were your initial thoughts on this? And did you, uh, by chance, talk to any of your students about it or anything like that? I'm just curious. Uh, I I didn't because uh, the news broke uh, Friday afternoon, uh, and you know the yeah that's right. Uh, I I was already out of classes for the yep. week, but I'm I'm curious to talk about it with them come Monday. I mean, definitely for me, it's one of those things where you know I mean this is just the older we get. Unfortunately, there's more and more stories like these that sort of drive home like it's time. It's it's you know I, I always use the analogy like I remember being a kid and gene kelly died or or jimmy stewart died and you know on on an abstract level i understood that but i didn't have that connection with with those actors you know but as we get older uh you know you use the example of eddie van halen you know for me i remember when um leonard nimoy died Mm. and and that was one of the first times where Sure. I was I was teaching I was teaching a class at that moment actually so I was sitting there watching a speech and I get a push notification it says Leonard Nimoy has passed away and just unbidden just I I started to cry while I'm watching you, his speech you and uh, you and Chris Clow the, are two of the biggest Star Trek fans I've ever known Bob Seska's yeah. up there as well but I can see that really hot hitting you yeah but but this this kind of you know on that same level where i just had to stop for a second and sort of check my bearings and i think part of the reason is because uh you know not not only is he so iconic and just part of our collective childhoods but he's also part of our collective presence right he 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 had still been active he was still vibrant and and uh energized and energetic and so you know, there's this extra context of, you know, it, 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 it can happen at any time. You know what I mean? Yeah, and the, the, sure. the, the, the mortality of it. 
yeah, yeah, the fragility of it, and and that there's that extra po portion of it as well. Sure, that's so well said, Courtney. I'm going to shift to you. Uh, you're the youngest of the group, and that's not. To, this is there's a context for me saying that is you didn't necessarily grow up in real time, obviously, with the Rocky film. Yeah, especially like I did, being the oldest here. But uh, how, what did Carl Weathers' uh, career mean to you? What, did you get introduced to him more through like Star Wars or? explain that to us please so i remember in college uh like his name would come up because like we were i was in a class it was called broadcast and cable programming with dr kim macharski she was fantastic i still keep up with her to this day one of my favorite college classes i took but uh one of the classes where we were talking about having like a discussion and a debate around people in the industry whether they're an actor a director or you know whoever it may be a writer that kind of transcended whatever role that they kind of became as a jumping off point into the industry and Carl Weathers was brought up and the more that I look back on those conversations like you think about he he not only played these iconic characters that still to this day like translate well he also played himself at the same time which is crazy like name another actor who is going to play a character that he has embodied and is now iconic but then also can pop up and arrested development for you know two seasons and play himself mm. like that's <laughs> like that's crazy the first time i saw that by the way just to, just to give credit where credit is due was robin williams playing robin williams and Morgan and mindy yes exactly that's another good example <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> But that's I a, mean, like, Bill Murray it, is one of the other few, very few. Bill Murray's another one too. Yeah, yeah his, totally. His, his arrested development stuff. I just watched it, I think, probably for the first time. So I yeah. can't say that. Okay. After his passing on YouTube, it's funny. Yeah. Uh, legit. Seen, do I need to oh. check this out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you got you haven't seen it. Uh, yeah. it's it's okay. really funny. It's so funny. It's really uh, funny. So, <laughs> that's very that's a that's a very well uh thought out thing to say. He can play himself. And playing himself, as we know, is not easy it's not okay. yeah it's not no, easy it's not easy because because we hide behind characters as actors and the three of us being uh actors ourselves uh although i think zachy's an actor in in, in writer's clothing uh <laughs> he's so, he's so animated like i know what i'm talking about so there's that <laughs> exactly. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> and what's interesting too about carl weathers particularly is like i feel like once an actor gets into a place where like they just kind of start playing themselves even if the character is like a different character name like they're still playing themselves to an extent like carl weathers was able to go back and forth like not only did he play himself as himself like in different roles in TV, movies, whatever you want to call it. But he also went through and was embodying these characters like he did in The Mandalorian or like whatever that may be. So like not only like he did both, which I feel like is even harder because as an actor, once you kind of get permission to just play yourself and everything you do, you don't have to go back into like doing character work. Like you get to be yourself. Right. And I think there's a component of that. And that's a whole nother conversation anyways. But I think the fact that he was able to continue to do both and do it on such an iconic scale in a way that allowed people to not only recognize who he was, but also recognize that he was either a being himself or B playing like whoever that character is. It just speaks to his talent as an actor and his ability co to connect with audience members on a scale that I don't know if we're going to see again for maybe a little bit. Do you, know, do, you, do you know that he was a theater major prior to yeah. playing college yeah, really? yeah, he played college ball, and he was a theater major, and then he went on oh. to Oakland Raiders and played a season or two in the NFL, I think two. Anyway, awesome. Brian, yeah. tell me. You uh, and I, I have talked about Rocky many times over the years as well, yeah. so talk to us. Man, uh, Carl Weathers is one of those people that uh, 
he was there through my childhood, but somewhere along the way, like his presence increased enough that it almost turned into when you'd see him, it was part of a, uh, like he's doing a cameo, but it's not yeah. a cameo. Like, like it is, it is, he's charism charismatic, big enough and noticeable enough in everything that he does, but it felt like a special appearance by, uh, I mean, even back in predator, Carl Weathers stepping up and doing that, that classic handshake, uh, the bicep handshake with, uh, uh, uh Schwarzenegger. He's really uh, good in that movie. Is, he's fantastic. I mean, but he it is. already, it already that early on, it already felt like, um, even though he wasn't the star, it was a look, Carl Weathers is here. Yeah. Uh, he was already there. So I started taking notice of him because it felt like every time he was in a movie, it felt like half of the actors were going, look, look. Yeah. So, uh, so he's already <laughs> almost making cameos and, and that all has to go back to, to Rocky, but it felt like even then it was and presenting Carl Weathers. Zachy. So there's, there's a piece where he's got enough of a presence uh -huh. and it feels special enough that he's there in everything I've ever seen him in that mm -hmm. I started scratching my head and going, because it was almost a joke in Happy Gilmore. Yeah. That, that Carl Weathers is like, here. That's a guilty pleasure film of mine. I'm not an yes. Anna Sandler fan, really, but that's a funny movie. But it, it, but just, it was, And he's funny in it. And I think it's a spoof of Apollo, personally, a little bit. Yep. Uh, and it's, but it's funny because it, it was enough of a spoof. It was enough of a cameo in that one that I think that's actually where I started sitting up and going, wait, I need to know who this guy is. Um, oh, so it's, uh, it's kind of funny how that worked out. But yeah, he just has that presence that when he's there, it felt like a special occasion. It felt like a special. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and it's like, go ahead. If you scroll through, like I'm on IBD, you know, like scrolling through his yeah. filmography, like the man was in everything. He was in every Dick Wolf show to ever have been made. He's in every iteration of the Chicago Fires, the Chicago, like if you, if it has been on television, he's been in it. Like yeah. he was in Toy Story. Like the man has touched everything. And it's just like wild that to your point, like people started noticing and it's like, he, it became like, like, a, I don't know, like a, a I can't even think of the right word, like something like an act of God in a way to like, you want Carl Weathers to be in your property in some form or fashion yeah. because of how transcendent of time and generations he is. Yeah. Yeah. So to build on this, Zachy, but yeah, I was building on what Brian said and Courtney just reinforced it. I'm going to throw this at you. Was he, was he trying to, were they trying to mold him? They Hollywood to an action star, quite literally with action Jackson and others. When in fact, what they had in front of them was a, was an underrated, brilliant character actor the whole time. Is that fair to say? Or what, what, what is your assessment on that? No, I, I absolutely think that. I mean, I, I think he sort of emerged in this, this window where Hollywood almost didn't know what to do with him. And, and I, I like Action Jackson, uh, <laughs> I, but I, I would consider that a guilty pleasure, right? And, and you know, it, it, it only did okay and it didn't launch him into sort of a leading man status that I think uh, maybe later on he, he would have had, or maybe earlier he would have had, you know, he kind of emerged in this window where Hollywood was moving towards sort of the, 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 the muscle bound uh, action hero mold. And so uh, he, he did very well in that, but I think he obviously was capable of much more. Certainly, you know, his, his remake of the defiant ones that he did for television with, with Robert Urich, it's brilliant. You know, what's funny is he he wanted to become an actor after watching the Defiant ones, the original Defiant ones with, with Sidney Poitier, and he got to he got to 
play that role, right? And and it's, it's terrific. I don't know if people talk about that very much. And then, you know, his later comedic stuff. Also, just recently, I mean, uh, about five, six years ago, he was one of the leads on Chicago Justice, which is one of the Chicago shows. And, you know, that it, he and he was sort of, he was the state's attorney, right? So it's it's the, yep. he was the and. But that's, you know, he, he, he had already accrued so much gravitas that you could just put him in there. And it's kind of the same as him on The Mandalorian. You just put him in there and the Carl Weathers persona is able to do a lot of the lifting. Yep, absolutely. And yeah. I want to talk here real specifically. We're, we're, we're having kind of a broad conversation right now about the man's career, as we should. And what I love about it is that because we can so, especially me, I can so easily just get wrapped up in, in, in Rocky and Apollo. And uh, but that's what exactly what I'm going to do right now, if you guys don't mind, because <laughs> It, that franchise means so much to me and still does to this day that, and he is such an integral part of it. And I want to go back to the original film and talk about his evolution real fast. In the first movie, he was, uh, he was the, you know, the, the, the fictitious Muhammad Ali. He was the charming superstar champ of the world who was more celebrity than fighter in a lot of ways. Cause I mean, he was such a, he was such the, uh, the pristine fighter that no one was really challenging in any way. So he can embrace his celebrity. That's why he gave the underdog the, uh, the shot and that great line where he, he, he chooses Rocky. He's like, no, no, this is the guy I need the Italian stallion, Apollo Creed versus the Italian stallion. Sounds like a damn monster movie, you know, um, great line. And then of course he's humbled because he barely wins the fight by decision. And then the second one, I feel like Rocky two, especially now that I really think about it, is almost as much about Apollo as it is Rocky in the sense that he, the shift in his performance and his portrayal is pretty jarring. If you watch them side by side, because suddenly he's grounded, he's humbled, and he's now back to being a street level fighter who just happens to be a world champion and a multimillionaire. And his obsession with, 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 with people thinking that he didn't win that fight fairly. And this is prior to like Twitter and Facebook and things like that. This was just <laughs> physical hate mail coming in. He was, and he was obsessed with it. Remember that great scene where he's at the top of the stairs, he throws the, the hate letters up. His wife was saying, let it go, let it go. And like, it's kind of a, uh, and Taren, Tarantino speaks about this too in the, in the sly documentary about how Rocky two, a lot of ways is also just sort of a look at celebrity. And I think that that, that portrayal in Rocky two, especially when you juxtapose it with the first one shows how versatile and how significant Apollo Creed was as a character. And then for him to come back in the third one and be the trainer friend mentor. And I swear to God, Rocky three is a cheesy eighties movie. I get it, but I will die on this hill and say some of those scenes and moments between them two, between his, between Mickey dying and, uh, and scenes with Adrian and, and Stallone and all the stuff with, with Carl Weathers is some really in good cinema period like on, in any medium any vertical any genre i love that movie and then of course he dies in the fourth one but but for the for a franchise then to be launched on the backs of his legacy and his character which is in the creed films also speaks volumes to that so i just wanted to just kind of get that little rocky rant out does anybody have anything to contribute to that i know zaki as a fan of the franchise what do you what do you think about my 60 second analysis there. No, well, I think you're on point. And, you know, a couple of things. Number one, I, I'll, my, my personal experience with the films is I watched Rocky two first. 
I was, you know, uh, probably I was like four or five. So my first exposure <laughs> to Carl Weathers was him yelling at Rocky. I was like, oh, I don't know. Why is he yelling at him? You know, <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, you know, and, and I've, I've said before, I, I watched the first one uh, last, like after Rocky five, I ended up watching the first film. Uh, I came at them in kind of a, a a weird roundabout way, but even still, I guess it, it's 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 a testament to his portrayal that even without a whole bunch of context, I was still able to feel something uh, when Apollo dies in in Rocky Four. And and the one thing I'll add is I'm very glad that Sly, uh, when he did his director's e- edit of Rocky Four, that he added b- back in. Uh, more of of the Apollo material, you know, the when when Apollo first comes to to Rocky, uh, he really expounds on that, and I'm glad that's in there, especially now because it's it was kind of this uh, hidden uh, part of that performance that we hadn't gotten up to this point. And the one last thing I'll add is, look, uh, you know, the testament to Carl Weathers' performance in those films can ultimately be seen in the fact that we're now on to three and and four potentially Creed films none of those would be there if we didn't already care about Apollo enough to care about his son. Absolutely. And that scene in the first Creed where, where Adonis sees a flash of his dad's the only mm-hmm. time that Apollo's on screen outside of a photograph yeah. and he jumps up like that's a powerful moment. It's only, it's only powerful because of Carl Weathers. So Courtney, um, did you like, when were you introduced to the Rocky films? Right. You have, a, you, you, yeah. have you have an older sister, right? No, I'm the oldest. You're the yeah, oldest. I'm the oldest okay. of three. Yeah, so I was introduced to the Rocky films in college. Um, so I took uh, a, an IP like trilogy and um, sequels class, which was really kind of my first foray into them. I grew up like very sheltered. Like I was the oldest of three girls. I wasn't even allowed to watch PG-13 movies at the house until my youngest sister was 13 because my parents were like super paranoid about it. And then by the time, of course, she's 13, they're like, we don't care. Yeah. So, you know, it's like a whole like, oldest child youngest versus youngest uh, child thing but um it was mostly college and i had a professor who just adored the rocky films and so whenever you know he could find a way to put them into the curriculum they were um we screened the second one in one of the classes i took i think it was my sophomore year and that was like the first time i had to watch it kind of cover to cover with a critical eye because you know you have to after you screen something you have to write a paper on it or you have to lead a discussion on it or something like that um so trying to pick out the things that were unique to me was super interesting because a lot of people in my class like they grew up with them probably more so than I did. There were probably a couple of people that were similar to me. Um, but I think seeing them at the first time at like age 20 is very different than seeing them when you're a teenager or even younger, or even if you're, you know, well later in life. Um, and I think the biggest thing that struck me was the tone of the film, at least the second one specifically. It, it just felt very different from your traditional, like, action sport movie and i feel like that's what helped set it apart and put it on this trajectory to be kind of just forever embodied as like an iconic film of our time of like this generation um and i think it kind of set the tone for sport specific movies like action movies coming forward to to really like explore the genre and feel like you don't have to be stuck you know in a box yeah um they, they they made the the boxing was kind of a backdrop and the story yeah exactly better, yeah, like yeah. it was it was a story that took place in the boxing world it wasn't a story about the boxing world and i feel like that's what p- allowed people to connect with it because when you take something i mean and like we can get into this with like marvel marvel's done a good job with that at points too like if you take a story that people understand 
about human at the, you know, at the end of the day, we're all human, right? And if you can ground your your story and your film in that, and then this, the backdrop or the setting is what makes it kind of that, you know, fantastical environment, then I feel like people are going to relate to it and they're going to be willing to suspend their belief in certain ways and buy into it. But when you focus it on the minutia of the boxing world or the motorsport world or the football, like you lose people. Yeah. And so you like, I feel like that the Rocky you know, film franchise was really the first time that that was embodied in a way that allowed the audience to follow through and not get lost in the minutia. I, I couldn't agree more. And Brian, do you remember when you and I came out of infinity wars, uh, press screening? <laughs> yes. And I like, do. we were both in tears. We're like, you, you could remove the $3 <laughs> billion budget. And that was an emotional drama yeah. Yeah. that, yeah. that moved me for three hours to her, to Courtney's point. I think yeah. that's, Yeah. But anyway, um, anything to build on that, my friend? Oh, uh, talking about the, the sports movies and talking about that it became a borderline the template for iconic sports movies. Yes, like, thank you. That's Disney, <laughs> Disney copies that template in just about every teenage sports movie they've ever done. Um, yep. it's the don't be knocking the Mighty Ducks, though, bro. What's don't, that? Be don't be knocking the Mighty Ducks now. I mean, uh, my, I see Zach, Zach, Zach is over reason, there. He's agreeing with me. The Mighty Ducks work. <laughs> There's a reason it worked is because it, he, he has, Stallone created this thing that worked beautifully. Uh, and it was, uh, it's about the human story that goes on behind the fight. It's not about the fight. Uh, and it's, it's kind of from one of my odd filmmaking experiences is I got to be a uh, camera guy uh, shooting the behind the scenes vignettes for a MMA tournament that was happening here in Dallas. And so I, for a week or two before the shoot, I was bouncing all over Texas, going to these guys' gyms and getting interviews with them, getting interviews with their trainers, getting interviews with their, their friends and family, watching their workouts, watching their training sessions, and getting to know these guys. And it's funny, I've never been a big MMA fan, but I watched that fight and I've already decided who the good guy is, who the bad guy is, who I want to <laughs> yeah. win, who's been struggling, and oh, Donnie got hit in the face. Don't hit him in the face. It's going to piss him off. It's going to, oh, there he goes. It's, you got to know the story behind the people. And, yeah. and I think that was one of the things that was done so well with the, with the Rocky series is you get to know the actual stories and struggles of the people long before they step in the ring. Well, and that's, and that's carrying over to uh, Zachy's point earlier. That's carrying yeah. over to the, the Creed films thus far. Anyway, hey, uh, Zachy, did you know Brian did a scene last year with, with Stallone? And uh, what's that show called again? Uh, Tulsa King. Tulsa King. Tulsa, Tulsa King. No yeah, kidding. Yeah. That's I, so cool. I, I, I wish I had it pulled up. He made the trailer. He talks yeah. to, and he's talking to Stallone. Wow. What was, he, what, what was he like to work with? He was fun. Oh right? man, no, he was uh, he was good. By the way, his fists are actually like this wide. It's ridiculous. <laughs> like, he, he got up and posed for a picture with me, and uh, and I said, "Hey man, can I take a picture real quick?" He's like, "Yeah, come on outside. There's better light." I'm like, uh, wow. Uh, and he comes up and he does the the, the Rocky pose with me, and he, I'm like, that's "Keep a, punching." That's a hammer, man. <laughs> Uh, oh, but so uh, cool. no, he was, he was good to work with. Uh, one of those funny things that I'll, I'll throw out, uh, uh, different people get different ways on set and there are some actors and notably some celebrities are notorious for this because people are paying attention, uh, is that when, uh, when the camera's on them, uh, it's, it's all, it's definitely, it's all about the moment, but when the camera's not on them, then they don't give anything to the other actor to work with, mm. which is really frustrating as an actor to, to, to do that because they also don't want the other actors to shine. Uh, he and I, uh, I messed with him a little bit when the camera was on him. Um, I threw him some different things with each take and just kind of messing with him a little bit. And I actually got him to break. I actually got him to laugh on one of them, which is great. Uh, and when the camera flipped around and the camera was on me, he started messing with me back. 
And I'm just sitting there going, thank you, sir. Uh, that's so, <laughs> so cool. cool. And uh, yeah, he uh, <laughs> did a couple of things that absolutely would not be in the takes, would not be in the, in the, in the scene, but it was, uh, I was sitting there laughing going, thank you, man. Appreciate it. So that's, that's wow. Uh, yeah, that's good. I that's like a it. Lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. All right. And the, uh, the, the uh, 10, 15 minutes or whatever we have left here, I want to shift gears yeah. and let's talk about something that's all dear to our hearts too, Star Wars. And um, the fact that Carl Weathers became part of the Lucasfilm family, I think is incredible. Just, I mean, to be Apollo Creed and then to be in Star Wars for me, yeah. it was just such a treat. So Zachy question to you, what, um, what do you think of his performance and kind of where does it all go from, from here? There's a lot of, uh, you know, what, um, well, first of all, the Mandalorian film will be in pre-production soon. And I guess there's obviously no way he'd be a part of that at this point, unfortunately. Well, I mean, unless they do the thing that they did with past characters with the CGI and I mean, who knows? Wouldn't yeah, be the first time. It wouldn't be the first time. I, I Yeah. That's a whole conversation for another day. I'm, I'm still yeah. torn on that a little bit. Like there's, if you've got a character who's playing stoic, that seems to work. Okay. If you get a character who's supposed to be flat faced, he's not flat faced. I'm sorry, Zachy, it's your time to talk, man. No, no, <laughs> no. but anyway, uh, yeah, but, but, but running with that a little bit, Zachy. So your thoughts just when he entered star Wars and I thought he was great in it. What did you, what are your overall thoughts about Carl Weathers in the forever in the Lucasfilm? world yeah just just uh, uh circling back to what i said earlier i mean i think i think he had already built up such a reservoir of goodwill with audiences that as soon as you saw him it was like oh good yeah. you know yeah. Uh, yeah, totally uh one thing i did say is how do you have uh, carl weathers in star wars and not have his character called apollo creed because if ever there was a star wars <laughs> character name <laughs> And, 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 and the Creed theme and, and Mandalorian, it was all set up for. It was, all, it was yeah, just perfect. Yeah. yeah. But, but um, I, I do, th I mean, it, it's, I, my gut says that, that there'll be a, you know, some mention of him like, oh, you know, uh, grief Karga has passed away or so, something, you know, it'll be mentioned to Mando in some, some way, shape or form. Uh, I don't think the character w will return. Um, but it's I I will miss the fact that he's not in it because I mean that it was you know again he was at the point where just him being the and was a reassuring measure yeah. of just like oh it's it's I'm a, I'm gonna see a friend you know yeah um and wow. and if I can make a, a broader point I mean I think this is part of the reason that this hit so hard uh, certainly it hit me hard for this reason I would suspect for you as well is it it's not it, it's gonna start happening more yep and. And that's what's very sobering, right? Because Sly oh, is the same age. Okay. Harrison Ford is in his eighties. I mean, this, these are these are our heroes, you know. It's just like that's that's what really, yeah. you know, uh, the, the, very sobering about that, you know. I went and saw the Iron Claw last night, and I grew up in Dallas, and I grew up around the Von Erichs, and uh, my grandfather used to take me to the Sportatorium, and like I said, posters on my wall, and I was really into them. And of course, they you know the tragedy surrounding that family is just un unimaginable. But and they've all been gone a very long time at this juncture. But but watching it last night and 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 all of a sudden it being 1986 again. And but I'm looking around, going, my goodness, Kevin is is an old man now, and all of his brothers are gone, his parents are gone. Hmm. Like that whole era is just gone. And, and this hmm. is not to be depressing, but it just ties into what you're saying that it's just the cycle of life. And uh, but it's hard when these people 
are passing because we miss them. We admire their work. We want to see more from them. But let's face it, it also puts a mirror in front of our own uh, mortality, right? Yep. It's it's yep. a it's a reminder that we're not built to last. And you know, let's appreciate those around us in life. And um, and I and I, I think someone that's as positive as Carl Weathers was as a person is something to sort of inspire to be like, you see him at star Wars celebration, his passion, his, his love for fans and for the work. And he loved the, to work. And, um, and that's a, that's a beautiful thing. You know, uh, imagine I would take Carl Weathers career when you Courtney. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. I mean, any day yeah. twice on Sunday, like absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, he, he was never a big movie star per se, but then he was. He was the yeah. he was just kind of there. And Zachy, to your point earlier, that Hollywood didn't know what to do with him. I think, you know, unfortunately, it was a different time in America, and having black leading men was a lot more rare than it is now, unfortunately. But you had sort of you had you know Eddie Murphy in one in one alley or one lane, and then you had Stallone and Schwarzenegger in the action lane. So like, what did you what you, what they would you do? What do they do with this like bulky black guy? trying to make a leading man in a time where that was kind of hard. And then ultimately, like I said earlier, the most beautiful thing about all that, and I will also defend Action Jackson, by the way, is that we ended up getting this beautiful character actor as a result. So maybe it's, yeah. maybe it's better that his career didn't take that action star direction necessarily. Uh, Brian, give us uh, give us one of your favorite Carl Weathers moments here. And I'm going to end the show with mine here in a moment. Um, well, you, you were asking Zaki about uh, Star Wars, and uh, one of the pieces I was loving in Star Wars is uh, he started as the person who's handing out the bounties and turned into the administrator, and he's, he's, got, he's, he's always got a smirk on his face, he's got the high energy, he's got the charisma, he doesn't fade into the background, and there's a piece where he's always got a glimmer in his eye, says he's up to something, even when he's delivering bad news. He's up to something. There's something mischievous. There's something playful. There's something crazy going on there. And he was the perfect uh, counter to a lot of the seriousness in the series. He's the perfect counter to a lot of that going on. But it was always one of those things when, 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 it's, a, uh, when it's an episode where he's in it, it's going to be a fun event. He's like that friend, that friend that shows up from out of town and goes, hey, get in, loser. We're going to play. Uh, it's, uh, it's one of those kind of things that uh, it, you're, you're, you're about to go get a story. And, uh, and it was always one of those one of those fun episodes uh, when they brought him in. I think he was the perfect person for it. I can't think of who else I would have liked to see in that role that would have brought that much uh, uh, pizzazz and charisma and just just uh, uh, mischief to the role. I love the scene with the pirates and they're wanting to go. Yes. Into it's my school now. And I think that his character would have been the badass he was, even if uh, Mando wasn't behind him. Yeah. I like to believe that. That's a, yeah. that's a yeah. great scene. So, uh, Courtney, uh, on that note, too, he was also directing a couple episodes. He was, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He He's kind of a jack-of-all-trades, and I think there's a lot that he had influence over that we'll probably just never know the true details of, which I think speaks to who he was, not only as a person, but as a professional within the industry. Um, I think it was Brian or Zachy, one of you guys made a comment about how, like, he just kind of took ownership of the space he walked into. And even though it was a very, like he came into the industry at a time when people really didn't know what to do with him. Like, you know, I feel like as, as actors, sometimes a lot of us feel like we're in that mold. He decided to kind of carve his own path. And some of that was directing and producing. And I think he even helped writing some things. I think she, he has a couple writing credits, um, which is 
I think that just speaks to the testament of his resilience and his intellect and his perseverance. And I think a lot of that comes through in everything he's done. And the fact that he's able to change those hats and still bring who he was to the screen and all of his characters, like Brian, you were saying, like the mischief and that there's always something going on that you don't know. And that's what made him such a fun actor to watch is he layered in all these like little tidbits and it just made you want to gobble it up. And he wasn't just a flat character. He always had all these depth depth and layers that made him so dimensional. Um, And the fact that, again, he's able to direct, possibly even produce and be on screen, sometimes not even on the screen. He's like, it's just really cool. And I think he had a way from everything I've kind of read and heard of bringing up actors underneath him to help them kind of move throughout their career and know how to harness this kind of stuff without feeling like you're stuck in a box. And I think we're going to see that as you know, we progress through time and we'll learn more about the people that he probably helped mentor and what their careers turn mm-hmm. into as we go forward. And if you want to see what the impact that he had in people's personal lives, professional lives, again, I would just, I would watch this uh, Stallone testimony on Instagram. I thought it was a, a beautiful tribute to him. And I like a lot of the tributes that were coming across Twitter and everything as well. Um, yeah. I mean, he obviously was a really good guy. All right. So um, this was a great discussion on Carl Weathers. I, uh, I really appreciate you guys doing this. I, I would like to kind of go around real quick and just everybody kind of do like a little plug and tell what the hell has been going on with you. Yeah, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Hold on. You yeah. were going to share a moment. I am. Okay. I'm, in the, I'm in the show with it. Okay. Because uh, I, 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 I've I, been sitting I, here waiting to hear it. Man. I, I'm going to be choked. <laughs> up. I'm going to be choked up. We'll just we'll, we'll go, we're going to go out with okay. my personal favorite <laughs> scene. Yeah. So Courtney, we'll start with you since you uh, you were holding up some books earlier. What you got there? Oh, I have all sorts of fun stuff. We need to do an episode about all this. So I started reading the new MCU book. So this is by uh, uh, Joanna Robinson, Dave Gonzalez, and Gavin Edwards. And I know, Zachy, you said you've already read it. Um, Highly recommend. I'm about halfway through the book. And it's super interesting. I've listened to some... um, interviews with the author joanna uh, robinson and that like anyways they had like full access to everyone for the first like so many years that they were going through this project and then recently quasi recently the last few years the studio reneged the access so it's super interesting to like read from literally the beginning mm-hmm. of the of the marvel you know in, intro to the entertainment industry to like now and it's Before fascinating the mcu even it's like Before. starting with like spider-man and, Blade and, stuff. Yeah, yes yeah. it's wild so it's super interesting yeah. highly recommend um there's just so many nuggets and like i find myself like going back and rereading stuff um the other- so that we can see yeah. the cover because you're auto blur yeah. sounds like you need to host a show with zaki on this book i like the idea you can see me? Right. yay there it is you're good yeah, so highly recommend. We'll have to we'll have to chat about it. Zach, you'll have to come back, um, and we can yeah. do all that. The other one, have anybody have y'all seen Argyle yet? Okay, yes. another book. This is a totally different take on this because this was created for the movie, which is a t- hmm. like it's a whole different take on the IP. And I know we've talked about IP in the past and how. Because the Finson rules were repealed and the Paramount Papers no longer exist, the you know vertical syndication and um, integration of everything at the studios and the networks is like a whole other ballgame. And so Vince or uh, Matthew Vaughn, not Vince Vaughn, Matthew Vaughn, the director of Argyle, had this book written, and they own the right. He owns his family owns the rights to it. So if they ever decide to do more with it, he owns the IP. Now, it's if I'm genius. understanding, it's, it was written uh, 
by the in-movie character of the writer. Okay, so the author, Ellie Conway, yes. does not exist. Yes. It is a an author, what is her last name? I'd have to look it up. She's like a very like middle of the road, like writes a ton of like airport type of spy novels. Mm -hmm. um, and so he commissioned her and another writer to write it. Yes. Which is wild. But yeah, so it's like written from the perspective of the author in the book. Of the author in the book. There. One of the things I was, I was hearing about that is that the uh, the author that he got to write it was somebody that he was trying to make one of her books into a movie. Yes. And fell through. So he wanted yes. to work with her. Yes. Yeah. And she's British. And so like then, like I'm sure you guys have heard of all, like there was this whole theory that Taylor Swift was the one who wrote this book. And I was like, <laughs> guys. If Taylor Swift wrote a book, it would say Taylor Swift. Like, there's no way Taylor Swift is going to write a book under a pseudonym. Like, come on now. Um, but we saw the movie on Friday. It's excellent. It's very fun. If you've seen The Kingsman or anything else that Matthew Vaughn has done, very fun. Um, doesn't take a tell too seriously. The third act, in my opinion, drug on a little bit. But overall, super fun. Highly recommend. Okay. And then I don't know if you guys have seen all of our social media. So Sarah J. Moss, I don't know if you guys can even see this. It's going to like, there we go. Sarah J. Moss's new book came out. It's a thick one. Is You got to turn off your auto blur. My goodness. I, 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 we, got, I, I, we got it though. Okay. Yeah, anyways, yeah, yeah. So that's been taking over social media. Um, and her, she has a series that's being turned into a Hulu show. Um, there's been development on that, which is kind of interesting. So you are going to hear more about Sarah J. Moss. If you don't know anything about her stuff, just be prepared. Because within the next five years, her stuff's going to be all over every sort of platform you can imagine. So there's lots of cool stuff coming through the pipeline, even though I know we're post-strike and things are tightening of belts and production is slow. I think I read somewhere that the first pilot for this year's pilot season was picked up like last Friday, which oh, is wow. like the latest for the first pilot to be picked up in history. Hmm. And there's only been, I think, a grand total of three so far. So like, it's, it's crazy. Slow, it's a slow burn. Yeah. Um, nice. Well, that's like 10 shows for you to host. I know oh, there's yeah. lots of stuff coming up. Um, so where can, where can people find you on social media? I'm kind of just on Instagram. I honestly don't, I have a Twitter. I don't, or X, whatever it's called now. Um, I don't really use it. I, I just don't. I mean, it, it kind of turned into a black hole in my opinion. Um, so I'm on Instagram at Courtney Elizabeth cheek is where you can find me. Um, no, I will not be changing my name. So that's where I'll be. Um, but yeah, that's it for me. There you go. And I'm since my Facebook page was fish and, our Facebook page was tied to that. I'm going to create a new Facebook page soon for friends from work. It's there, but I can't access it. So anyway, uh, so we can all post there as well. All right, Brian, I'm going to let our, our guests go last because you yeah. got to save, save the best for last. I love it. I love it. It's good to see Zach. I don't know about that. Uh, so uh, coming off of a year where I obviously haven't been posting a lot, but uh, there were a lot of weird disappointments movie-wise this year where, uh, like Creator, I was super looking forward to. And Creator was gorgeous, but not good. Um, and uh, Rebel Moon, there's a big build-up to that, and there was a big everything else, and you watch it, and it is absolutely one of the worst movies I think I've ever seen. <laughs> and it's and it's so we're coming off of some disappointments. I'm a little bit of a gamer, and some of the games that I was trying to play this year, some of the games I was really looking forward to, those hit. And uh, uh, and that's been a bit of a disappointment. We've got some really nice ones lining up. We've got Avatar The Last Airbender coming up soon. Uh, I'm hearing some changes, some very key changes that they've made for the live action. Uh, still sounds better than the one that we will not speak of from a few years ago. Um, 
But uh, I'm very much looking forward to that. One of the book series that I found here in the last year or two was The Three-Body Problem. And Three-Body Problem is being made into a Netflix series. Looks high budget. There's a lot of Game of Thrones actors in there. Um, and it, it, it looks gorgeous. Uh, here's hoping that they can figure out how to tell a story that is so uh, deep. Um, I'm hoping they do some justice with it. But uh, so there's that coming up. We've got, uh, uh, if you're a gamer at all, um, do you get, anybody ever play the Homeworld series? I'm not a gamer. So I'm just not yeah. a video game person. Yeah, so this like, I can't sit there and do it. Like, I get oh bored God. after about 10 minutes. I'm like, all right, I'm done. Oh, okay. I, I, the answer to that is then you got to find the right game. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, late 90s, early 2000, there was, a, uh, there was a video game that came out on computer. Uh, it was Homeworld. And it was uh, real-time fleet combat, space fleets. So you're able to take the whole fleet and rotate it around and grab this group of fighters and send this over. And you're, it, it's really, and there's the voice acting, it is fantastic, the plot is fantastic. Uh, Homeworld 2 came out a number of years later, Homeworld 2 was fantastic. Um, so Gearbox Games here in Dallas uh, is coming out with Homeworld 3. And if they maintain the, uh, the integrity and the depth of the series, that should be absolutely fantastic. So. 2024 is looking to be a good geek year for me. Um, so hopefully I have some material to work with uh, coming up soon. So yeah, there you go. And we got Star Wars stuff coming. We've got Matt Reeves' yep. Penguin coming. There's some good stuff coming. All right, Zachy, yeah. <clears throat> best for last. Zachy Son, <laughs> tell us what's been going on with you, where we can find you, and what, what you're looking forward to. And, and, be, and feel free to do a little bitch session like Brian did. It's all good. Uh, well, first of all, it's, I, it's, uh, let me let me complain oh. about twenty things. You said, you said, please, it, you said it like me, Brian. Best for last when when weighed against this amazing panel. So I I we did. I had to be did, last. We did. A, we and did a roll reverse. Of a bus. <laughs> I'm just the um, first, I just want to say about the MCU book. It was so good. I was reading it. And I had to go to work and I was like, man, I want to keep reading this. So I downloaded the audio book to my phone so that I could keep progressing. So I was like jumping back and forth between the audio book and the, and the actual book. Uh, that's how, that's how engrossing it is. It's very, very good. I highly wow. recommend it. Um, as, as far as uh, what I'm up to, uh, I'm uh, still writing for the San Francisco Chronicle. You can read my TV and movie reviews there. I write for the rap um and ign i've i had last or, or in december i had a piece at ign uh which i would recommend it's a look at the the history of uh, the movie tombstone for its 30th anniversary Ooh. and and um i'm a big fan of that movie i was really glad to be able to write about it in addition to that i'm a co-host of the movie film podcast with my partner brian hall speaking of star wars he's a writer for star wars young jedi adventures um and we we talk about uh you know all the latest news out of Hollywood and every other week we do commentary tracks. We just dropped our commentary track for she's all that for its uh, 25th anniversary. So we talked through that. Uh, Five years. That's not okay. That, yeah, <laughs> crazy, right? That's not okay. I'm like, what? No, wait a minute. That's not right. Oh. So we, yeah, that, that was really like what you're doing right now. That was us for about 90 minutes. Like, how oh, is this yeah. 25 years? Ago. This <laughs> but we had a lot of fun with that. So I hope people check that out wherever uh, you find podcasts. I'm on social media at Zachy's Corner. That's Z-A-K-I-S Corner. Pretty much uh, uh, whichever social media platform, that's my handle. And if you message me, I'd love to love to chat. Awesome. We always appreciate you coming on, Zachy. One of the best. Thanks so much. Thanks for asking me. Oh, man, of course. Um, I want to say something real quick because I can't not. Brian and I have a, had 
rest his soul, a very, very dear friend who had a great role in Tombstone. Thank you. Yes. Mr. Mr. Jan well, his Grant stage James. name, Grant James, we'll call him Grant James. He's Jim yep. to me. He played uh, the doctor. And so the doctor he, that, that pulled the bullet out of his back. Well, that's oh, God damn it. Yeah. okay. Yeah, but he's also he he talks to Val Kilmer and he says, you, you know, you're not life, you're gambling, you got to stop. He's like, get out of my sight. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see his face. I, I know yeah. exactly who you're yeah. talking about. That's, yeah. that's Grant James. That's my first acting teacher. That's right. Amazing. Uh, both of them, both wow. I saw the college my first one as well. That's where you and I met. Yeah. Well, anyway, God bless him. All right. Well, listen, guys, thanks so much for listening to the Friends from Work podcast. We really want to put up a lot more content in 2024. The, the, the gang is back together. We booked one of our favorite guests. What a great way to start the year. Yeah, uh, I've got Bob Susk and Freak Base lined up for some great conversations. Other guests as well. And hopefully the three of us will be doing an in-person show soon at Brian's studio in Plano, Texas. We'll get there. Um, on that note, thank you very much. I'm going to go out with my favorite uh, Carl Weather scene. And I'm going to go out with it because it probably is going to make me cry. Yeah, bring it on, man. So... Bear with me here, guys. This is a tough one. Damn, Rod, come on! What's the matter with you? There is no tomorrow! There is no tomorrow! There is no tomorrow! Get down.